welcome back to the emergency goalies. It's uh, been a off season where, you know, after the flurry of activity to begin the off season, we haven't had that much. So we didn't really come back to you after all the big moves, but the season is upon us. Preseason games are going. So I thought I'd just ask you, Michael, what are your thoughts on uh, preseason so far? Well, I think overall the, the Hawks have, have played pretty well. Um, I like the improvements they've made five on five, especially uh, they're playing a little uh, more uh, stout um, in the defensive zone and they are controlling the puck a little more often in the offensive zone. They're a much bigger team than they were last year. I'm not sure that they've really improved the speed too much. Um, maybe a little bit on the back end, but um, uh, they have definitely improved their size. And, you know, that was something we talked about many times last year where um, the Blackhawks were both small and slow, um, which is a terrible combination to be. Um, so they've at least improved one half of that equation. <laughs> And they certainly haven't made themselves any worse in terms of speed. And uh, they may have even made themselves a little bit better. Well, that's, that's a, some improvement. So yeah, absolutely. So obviously um, we have um, Seth Jones and McCabe. Yes. So those are two improvements Big for improvements. the one and two. Yes, and, uh, I would say um, Connor Murphy would be your third defenseman. Yeah. But the big question it's still the four, five, and six defensemen. So right. I thought, you know, we've got uh, Kalnick was injured, and I don't know how long that will be. Uh, it sounded like they uh, kind of predicting about four weeks. So he's mm-hmm. he'll miss at least the first few weeks of the season, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked him, but some people were saying he wasn't having a good camp anyway. But I'll just ask you, how do you think this four, five, Six defenseman's going to shake out. Well, we know Calvin DeHaan is going to be um, a main cog in it, um, regardless of um, the fact that I think he should probably be the the sixth defenseman. But um, he'll be a guy that they rely on in in a multitude of uh, scenarios um, until <laughs> uh, hopefully until one of the other guys steps up. Um, Stillman seems to be the guy that they are pushing the most. Uh, he's played with both, um, Connor Murphy and Seth Jones this year or this, uh, preseason so far right now he's being paired with Seth Jones. So, um, uh, Murphy we know is going to draw the, uh, heavy defensive responsibility. He's going to draw that, but the other team's best forwards. So whoever is paired with him is going to be, you know, the second half of the shutdown pairing. And after starting McCabe off with Jones, uh, they've slotted McCabe back with Murphy the last couple of preseason games. And so it seems like that's probably the direction they're going to lean towards at the beginning of the year. So I think it kind of makes sense to solidify your, your shutdown pairing um, with two of your three best defensemen 
and then Seth Jones will be put into more of an offensive uh, uh, role. And so having the less reliable Stillman with him um, probably won't hurt you quite as much because hopefully you're going to be taking more draws from the offensive zone, that sort of thing. You're, you're going to be playing yeah. further away from your net. Um, and then, so then, yeah, that would leave Dehan uh, on the third pairing um, would have been Kalanuk, I think as the, as his pair um, um, Kalanuk was given uh, kind of responsibility as the defenseman on the second power play unit mm -hmm. um, with him out. I'm not sure where they're going to go yet with that. Uh, I think that's still kind of up in the air. Yeah. Um, I think Caleb Jones is maybe going to get that opportunity um, to both step in as uh, Dehan's partner and perhaps as uh, the power, the play, power yeah. play guy. Mm -hmm. um, we'll see. Uh, it'll be interesting how they, how they let that play out. Um, and then uh, as far as the seventh defenseman goes, um, I, you know, I thought that that was going to be kind of a toss up between Jones and Stillman, but with both of those guys in the top six now with Kalanick out, uh, I think it's probably going to be Jacob Galvis. Um, okay. Uh, I, Ian Mitchell is definitely being given an opportunity and uh, he's obviously the more uh, NHL experienced of the two. However, Galvis has been playing in a men's league for uh, mm -hmm. in, in Europe for the last like four, four years. So he actually has a little more experience playing against grown men. Yeah. Cause I was going to say a uh, mm -hmm. new name for most of the fans that, they yeah, he was a, know him. kind of an under the radar prospect, a fifth round pick from several years ago, mm -hmm. stayed in Europe for a while, um, but they signed him this year. Um, you know, he is going to have to get used to the smaller ice surface, that sort of thing. But uh, he's, he's pretty calm with the puck. Um, Colleton seems to like him. Uh, but I think what actually gives him the slight, the, um, advantage for a roster spot right out of the gate is um, and it's something that uh, um, Scott Powers brought up in an article today and I hadn't thought about it in terms of Ian Mitchell um, I, had, I had remembered it about Kirby Doc but uh, with the way that the Blackhawks are going to have to kind of uh, maneuver the salary cap at the beginning of the year where um, uh, <laughs> uh, Andrew Shaw is going to, uh, you know, essentially make the opening day roster and then they will put him on long-term injury reserve. Okay. And then that will allow the Blackhawks to use his $3.9 million. To get under the cap. Yeah. Uh, they'll, they'll, well, they'll essentially, after us, they'll be able to, he makes the opening day roster. They place him on IR immediately. That will give them essentially his full salary to be able to go over the cap during the year. Oh, okay. Um, but the caveat with that is when you're using, when you're utilizing that, um, if you call a player up from the AHL, if he has uh, uh, roster bonuses, uh, potential bonuses um, included uh, in his contract, those bonuses are automatically included uh, as far as the cap space goes. So Kirby Doc, who only is his cap hit is only like nine hundred thousand or whatever, but mm -hmm. he can make up to like three million in bonuses. So they will not, hurt, yeah, yeah, they would not use Kirby Doc to like send him down 
and not make the opening day roster and then call him back up because it, it would essentially wipe out all of um, that cap credit for, for mm-hmm. Shaw. Um, Ian Mitchell kind of falls into a similar situation where, again, his salary or his cap hit is like 900000 um, but he has like a half a million in potential bonuses. So, mm-hmm. again, it, you know, he, he wouldn't – uh, if, if he makes the opening day roster like that, he would be kind of um, uh, tie up a little bit more than Galvis would. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards Galvis at this point, but that makes sense. Yeah. All right. So now we'll go to the uh, forwards because mm-hmm. I think the goalie situation is pretty yeah. solid with a uh, flurry who has been yeah. pretty good. And I mean, Lankinen hasn't done anything great or, bad really uh, he's just seems kind of be himself and um but i think regardless the the, the blackhawks are playing him as if he's automatically made the roster so yeah. um i don't think you know the, the only thing is both delia and suban are waiver um uh, eligible so both guys will have to pass through and i think it, it, the blackhawks might actually be kind of hoping that maybe one of them gets claimed because they might not actually want both of those guys down in Rockford and letting a younger guy take one of the two spots down there. That makes sense. All right. So we go the forwards and first, the good news is that uh, Jonathan Tabes is playing heavy minutes and at least for it sounds like is holding up pretty well under the, the strain. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely been the best news of, camp so far is it looks like he's going to be ready to go for opening night and you know I'm sure there's probably going to be times when they'll have to kind of back off maybe he doesn't play all the back to backs or something like that Mm -hmm. but um, at least from what I've seen he still looks like Jonathan Taves out there Um, you know I think I think the big thing will be his conditioning is you know they've been playing him heavy minutes in the first few preseason games, but I, he seemed to kind of wear down as those games went along mm-hmm. and become less and less effective. So when we get to the regular season and he's playing, you know, three games a week, four games a week, sometimes um, can they actually play him the number of minutes that he's used to playing or are they going to be better off, um, you know, kind of slotting him into yeah. – um, you know, a, a smaller role. So we'll see. The, it, it, I think that'll just be a, a game by game thing where they're just going to have to monitor him. And sometimes they'll just have to back him off or take him out of the lineup. Yep. All right. So uh, the rest of it now they've been playing Tyler Johnson, a top line center, but I mean, I, you know, can you read that much into preseason, you know, line combinations, but you know, it seems like that that's going to be what they're going to go with to start the year. Uh, that the those three guys, um, Johnson, Kane, and DeBrinket, have been together pretty much from day one of camp, and they haven't broken them up yet. Mm-hmm. And so, I think that's what we're going to see to start the year. And I don't necessarily think it's a bad idea. I know yeah. uh, Tyler Johnson is not a number one center at this point in his career, mm-hmm. but we've seen this year in, year out, Patrick Kane doesn't require a great center. Patrick Kane essentially functions as your center on that line. He's going to carry the puck. He's going to distribute the puck. He's the play. He's the 
the driver on that line. Mm-hmm. And so you want more of a guy that's a facilitator and, and somebody that's going to be able to get open, play smart, play defensively, do a little bit of the dirty work. And Tyler Johnson fits that role. Yeah. I know a lot of the fans are like, why isn't Kirby Doc getting that opportunity? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the biggest reason is um, Kirby Doc is still terrible on faceoffs. Yeah. So if you have him play between your two best players, uh, you want them to start off in the offensive zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're, you know, if Kirby Doc was even winning 45% of his faceoffs, I'd say, fine, go for mm-hmm. it. That w- that'll work. Yeah. Um, but he's at 30, 35%, mm-hmm. way, 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 way too often. So mm-hmm. Kirby Doc needs to be utilized more in getting him out on the ice uh, when there yeah. isn't a faceoff. You know, get him out yeah. on the fly. Yeah, um, just for, you know, psychological you don't want to throw a young kid like him just like make him the number one center like then basically his third season right well Uh, and there is another strategic element to it that i actually like um in that you know kane functions as his own center but he also is going to be one of your main transition guys mm -hmm. he's going to be one of the guys that can carry the puck into the offensive zone with control um He's no longer the best on the team at doing that. I actually think Kirby Doc has surpassed Mm -hmm. him in that regard. But Kane is still a key part of that for your team. So by breaking those two guys up, you now have a guy on two different lines who can maintain possession for you. That can make other players better. Exactly, exactly. Get that puck into the offensive zone without having to dump and chase carry it in with possession and make a play. Yeah. And those are your two best guys. And so having them both on the same line does kind of waste mm-hmm. that a little bit. So yeah. that's and another thinking of it. It's also nice to just not throw Taves back into the deep end of being the yes. top center right away. Well, yeah. And I think that's, that also can play into it as well, where you now have, um, you know, you've got Doc on one line, Taves on another and Kane on, you know, a third line if there are games where Taves is kind of sluggish or whatever, and you need to play him in a third line role, you can do that now. Yes. Um, if you had your other line loaded up with Doc Kane and Debrinket, that would be your number one line. Taves would be your number two. And you wouldn't necessarily have that third line fallback um, that could, that could uh, step up and take over for Taves if you needed to. So mm-hmm. I think this is probably a smart way to go. All right. So, Obviously, we have a pretty good idea of the top top six yes. forwards. So, who are the the bottom lines? Who are your bubble? Who's going to make it? Who's not? Yeah. So I, we talked about top line. Taves is going to be linked to the hip with Kubalik. Uh, it sounds like Philip Kurashev is going to get the first opportunity mm-hmm. uh, to to play with Taves. I think that's a pretty good fit for him. I think you'll also see Hagel up there on occasion. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those are going to be, well, and then obviously Doc as well. Th- th- those eight guys are going to be your everyday players, I think. Yes. Um, then your 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 forwards are really kind of the more um, fluid parts of your lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it looks like uh, the the guy who's going to, one the two guys that are going to get opportunities the last top nine slot are Henrik Borgstrom mm-hmm. 
and Adam Gaudet. Uh, Gaudet got the opportunities early in camp. Uh, the last uh, uh, game or two, they've moved Borkstrom up. Uh, I think partially um, as a potential help for Kirby Doc in the faceoff circle, as Borkstrom okay. is a natural center. Borkstrom's a lefty, Kirby Doc's a righty. I think it gives them a little bit more, um, you know, flexibility there. Mm -hmm. um, if they get stuck out into a defensive zone draw, you can always stick Borkstrom in there and not, mm -hmm. you know, put your team in a bad situation. So I think he's probably going to get the first shot right. um, as the, 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 the ninth forward, essentially. Mm -hmm. And that would leave Gaudette um, on the fourth line. Uh, and so you've got Carpenter and, and uh, Kara, and that's probably going to be your nine, or I mean, your 10, 11, 12, your fourth okay. line. Um, however, uh, Mackenzie Entwistle is making a very strong push uh, for our say, roster spot. There's a lot of mention of him um, yeah. being involved in scoring. So, yeah, absolutely. I thought he's, I think he's looked very good. Um, and so if he makes the team, if he's one of the 13 forwards, I don't actually think he will be the 13th forward. Mm -hmm. um, you don't want a young guy like that sitting on your bench. No, so no. I think he would displace um, maybe even Ryan Carpenter um, okay. as they're, as they're both right-handed mm -hmm. kind of fill the same role. That makes um, sense. Whereas Kara is a lefty and then you can kind of, again, kind of like with doc and Borgstrom, you can pair up uh, Kara with um, and whistle and, mm -hmm. And Gaudette actually is a center as well, a right-handed center. Okay. Um, so again, it kind of gives you a little more. Um, so you have several, several people down there that can. Yeah. Can take and, and I think you do. You know, it's not like Carpenter would sit um, every game. They would get him in yeah. there. They they they'd sit Gaudette for a game if if he's mm -hmm. not producing that sort of thing. Uh, yeah. So I think you you will see a rotation. But I think at this point that's going to be. Oh well, I guess you also got Dylan Strom, which I, oh, I don't yeah. know what they're doing with him. Yeah. Um, I think he and, might um, actually. He I might end up too. being the thirteenth guy. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we also didn't mention uh, Alex Nylander, who sounds like he might be waived or put on waivers. Yeah. Um, with the uh, idea of going to the AHL but exactly I mean he obviously is coming back from the knee injury uh supposedly was healthy coming into camp um I was expecting to see him moving well and mm -hmm. um competing very hard for a roster spot uh, he was flat out terrible in the first mm -hmm. two preseason games um he looked uh disinterested which mm -hmm. is, you know, something we've seen from him in the past. And uh, he was just very slow to react. And I don't know if it's because either he's not healthy or he doesn't trust mm -hmm. his knee, or if this is just one of the, you know, the recurrence of the same issues we've seen from him in the past. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at this point, he's nowhere near one of their 13, 14, or even 15 mm -hmm. best forwards. So um, I do think they will either try to work out a trade or they will just have to try and slip him through waivers and hope he makes mm -hmm. it down to Rockford. Yep. All right. So I guess I'll, I think we talked about this before when they, the moves were first made, but this is a better team than last year's team. Absolutely. Is Absolutely. It? I mean, you're better yeah. in goal and you are far better on defense. Mm -hmm. um, 
You know, I mean, we, you know, we're not great defensively. Like, you know, like I said, we we're still kind of unsettled on the bottom pair, but I think really the, the key aspect of whether this team ends up being a playoff team or not is does Stillman or Caleb Jones or Wyatt Kellenick, they need one of these guys to step Mm -hmm. up and be a legitimate top four defenseman. Yes. Um, and if they don't, I think you're going to see, you know, you're going to have some games where the, they're going to play fine defensively. Mm-hmm. But I think if you end up getting an inconsistent effort out of that, that one key spot, um, it could end up kind of sinking their, uh, their playoff. Holes. Yes. Yep. So uh, I guess we'll, I mean, I guess we have to talk about the uh, scandal, of course, with the black that we said, we keep you updated and, there haven't haven't been that much news on it actually um yeah i mean it's all still pending in the courts um i i haven't really heard any new information come to light really mm-hmm. um you know i mean i think we've we have had a couple more players address whether or not they were you know aware of it and when they became aware of mm-hmm. it um you know none of these people are under oath when they're yeah. telling that to the media yeah I, you don't you know, know what they're saying yeah. yeah um and you know the court proceedings are you know are still ongoing mm-hmm. they're not made public so you know i until we know more i don't know what else really there is to say i mean i think we've both expressed our uh <laughs> disappointment, yes. uh, disgust. Mm-hmm. I, disappointment isn't the right word. Disgust is the yes. right word for yes. um, the actions of the team back in 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. But, yes. Yeah. Um, but there's not much. There's just not much more to add. Right. You know. I mean, did they do anything illegal? Mm-hmm. I still don't know if that's the case. Uh, that'll actually, you know, that'll obviously get sorted out in the courts. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they were morally repugnant. Yeah, very bad, yes. And I hope there's repercussions, but yes. we'll see. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll, and you know, the other thing I'll add is just, I mean, Stan Bowman is still the GM and the GM of Team USA. Yeah. Which is like, yep. I mean... Yeah, at the I very least, I'd like to see USA Hockey step up, but um, they haven't. And uh, if I remember correctly, I got somebody else um, mm-hmm. who's made racist comments in the past and hasn't been asked to step down. So yes. <laughs> um, I can't remember who that was off the top of my head. But um, yeah, so I'm not expecting that at this point. And mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, mm-hmm. Again, I think we, we talked about it a little bit the last time in that I, I think a lot of this will come down to when the Wurtzes actually were made aware of this. And if they were in the loop from the beginning, it would be hard for them to throw any of their employees under the bus when, yes. you know, they, they should have been the ones that were that knew stepping up on. to do the right thing at the time. If they didn't know about it and only, you know, became aware of it after the fact then um yeah i think they should uh take actions that's right so um when is opening day for the blackhawks i mean well that is a good question uh is it next wednesday something like I that i think it is i think it starts the 12th or the 13th 
the NHL in general. So. Yeah. So I think we'll probably, well, we want to record one next week as I, I think we probably should, I yes. guess they'll pro- there, there uh, potentially could be some roster moves. Um, mm-hmm. You know, will they maybe try and trade a Dylan Strom? Yes. If he's not going to be one of their top 12 forwards, oh, excuse me, he's a pretty expensive uh, 13th guy. Mm-hmm. So something like that. You know, Alex Nylander, we talked about that. That could be another move. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows? So, yes, yeah, uh, we'll definitely record. Opening day is the 13th, so Wednesday. So Wednesday, okay. So, yeah, so, um, you know, maybe we record on, even record on Thursday then again next week, and that mm-hmm. way we can kind of talk about the opener. Yep, so I guess we'll just uh, let everyone know the opener is at Colorado, Avalanche are very good, so it's a uh, tough opening to the season. Yeah, I mean that's going to be your presumptive uh, division winner, mm-hmm. and you know the Blackhawks could fall anywhere from second in the division to like fifth in the division. Mm-hmm. We don't really know at this point. We do not know. A lot will depend on a couple whether or not a couple of young players step up. I mean, we need Kirby Doc to be better, and we need a fourth defenseman to step up. Yep, so we'll be back uh, next Thursday and talk about what happens in that that game. And, yeah, the season's coming. And um, I think I can speak for everyone when I say I'm glad to have hockey back. Yes, I'm excited. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching games. Uh, I'm, I'm now also living um, a 15-minute walk from the uh, – stadium here for the Seattle Kraken. So I will be trying to attend, you know, at least a game or so every month and that'll mm-hmm. be fun. <laughs> I miss going to hockey games. So <laughs> I'm looking yeah. forward to it. And I All will right. be, I will be attending the two Blackhawks games when they're of in course. town. I already got my tickets. So, yep. So I guess, um, uh, as always, you can follow the, get the podcast on the Apple podcast app and Michael, you're on Twitter. MJ underscore Ernst. And I'm STH85. And yeah, until our next episode, uh, go Hawks.